Hello, everybody, and welcome to Culture and Convictions. I am Iron Petrie, along with my wife, Star Petrie. Hey, everybody. And we are glad to once again be with you on this, another edition of Culture and Convictions podcast, where we are all about the culture and trying to preserve what culture we have left by returning to our convictions. And so we deal with everything on this podcast from you name it, politics, arts and entertainment, we touch it all, law, health, you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you never yeah. know. You just open the box up and you're like, oh, a surprise. Yeah. yeah. Coaching convictions is like a box of chocolates. You That's just, right. You never you know, know. You just never just know what you're going to get. Never know. But we're going to give it to you straight the way we see it. We're going to give it to you straight the way we, we feel it and believe it. And so we're just happy to have you at our table once again. Well, what's been going on? So I wanted to start off the show talking about uh, Seattle Police Chief or, or well, soon to be yeah. uh, retired uh, Police Chief. Uh, Carmen Best, because I thought it was just a really interesting story, mm. considering all the turmoil that's gone on in Seattle. And yeah, they've had some problems. And looking back on, you know, just really the deficiencies of the local leadership. And, you know, we've talked about this on, on the podcast many, many times before. The issue is one of, come on, guys. These are the people that we've sat back and we've, we've grown very accustomed to their tomfoolery. And uh, we probably dismissed it as just, you know, what politicians do, but at some point you think, no, we're going to have to demand better. We're just going to, we're going to yeah. have to demand better gonna because if we to. don't, we, we can't keep living like this. So Seattle, of course, has gone on a roller coaster ever since George Floyd's um, death and certainly all of the protests that, that sparked up across the country. But in Seattle, you know, they took it to another level with the establishment of, of CHOP. And, and Chaz and, and CHOP and all these different... <laughs> They, they can never figure out who they wanted to be. I don't know. But, you know, when think about this, this idea that, that we're going to hunker down, we're going to take over, and, and we, want, we want the local government to assist us by putting up these barricades <laughs> and giving us our own little private piece of dominion here in Seattle, and we're going to call it CHOP. And to watch the police officers basically be told, sorry, this is a no police zone. Yeah. Um, we don't want you here. Yeah. I, think it's a, I think it really speaks of just the kind of foolishness that has continued to go on in our country where we sit back and we allow people to do things based on this idea of, well, you know, they just, they just want to express themselves and they just, they really, you know, they're just experimenting and they're just trying something. Mm. No, they are completely and fundamentally giving the middle finger to all Americans based on the standard of living that we, and, and the type of living uh, and the society that we've created, right? A, a, a nation of laws, not of men, Yeah. right? Yeah. You know, one, the thing about that whole situation that happened in Seattle to me was encapsulated in one event, and that was when they were all down there, and they, they had uh, ironically erected all of this crap. Now, that's, that's the it was only, just crap. That's yeah, the was. only way you could say it was just a lot of crap. Little men, uh, some makeshift barricades and stuff, and they had accumulated all this stuff on a particular street to kind of form off uh, a, an outline of, of what where chop begins and you know everything else <laughs> ends, right? And uh, and there was this guy that came down one day and he had had enough. Oh yeah, he was mad. He had just had enough, and he came down. And he wrecked that place like Jesus in the temple. He did. I mean, seriously, he was that turning is no, over tables for that sure. That is no exaggeration. He yeah. was flipping over tables and everything because, you know, and I say that encapsulates the whole thing to me because that person kind of expressed the level of tomfoolery. Yeah. I think everybody kind of felt and had in mind 
of what they were trying to do. But it was such a, a display of government negligence and just absolute abdication of responsibility as a leadership that your citizen, a, a disgruntled and upset citizen where these people have invaded his space where he lives, where he's trying to have a livelihood, and they've piled all this crap up there, and they're living, and they're just you know make, make, making shift. They got this, this little hollowed-out place in the middle of Seattle, and he has to come down there and regulate. <laughs> um, you know, I'm serious. It is, it is, the, it is the epitome of of just how weak the leadership was because the citizen should not have had to come down there to do that. Mm -hmm. He should have not have come down and expressed that level of, of anger and should not have had to be it, his, his leaders, the people that he elected, the people that are serving him right. should have been there to do that for him because those people had no precedent whatsoever to be doing some of the stuff that they were doing. But you know, they get what they get. This is what they voted for. This is what they wanted. This is what the, these people have. And what I'm hoping will happen is people will have an epiphany to break from this identity politics, this policy loyalty. I mean, not, not policy loyalty, but this loyalty to party mm -hmm. and really begin to understand there is there's stuff that just doesn't work. And uh, it's time to jump ship. It's time to abandon this kind of nonsense in our voting and in our civic engagement, it's nonsense, people. It's it nonsense. doesn't work. Stuff just doesn't work. You cannot do this. It hasn't worked in other nations in the world. It won't work here in America. We're no special people different than other human beings all over the world. <laughs> We're not. Yeah. Our form of government is unique and exceptional sure. to all other nations of the world. But we as human beings are not. Mm -hmm. And should we choose to abort or to walk away from that form of governance and try to do something like everybody else based on our elevated humanity, <laughs> if you would, you get chop. Yeah. You get chaz. You you get whatever other iteration it's gonna be. And it and it should be said that, you know, the Capitol Hill organized protest did not last very long. I mean they no, were they were no. here today and they were gone tomorrow because ultimately that kind of anarchy just will not allow anyone to live in peace. And so that's why there were two homicides, there were uh, numerous allegations of sexual assault. Uh, and, it, and it's one of the reasons why um, the mayor um, had to move in and finally, you know, coalesce and say, okay, fine, we're gonna, we're gonna go in there and we're gonna do what we should have done, you know, 10, oh, yeah. 15 days ago. Absolutely, and, and, it, and it serves, it serves uh, us well in our country, not, not what happened, but so that we can see these things and see them writ large, you know, because for so long, you know, people have fostered these ideas in clandestine meetings where they get together the people against the the, the, the powers that be, and we're going to topple Western civilization, and we're going to topple this empire and that. But now when people are given the freedom to express that out in the middle of the street, and they give them a block or two to do it, and they get out there, and they act a plum fool, and you see that Look, you can you can you can have all these little crazy ideas you want to, but certain things will not lift humanity, and they will not lift people. And uh, we just need to be smart about it and be wise, and 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 you know, and bold about it. So, of course, everything that was going on with Chop and all of the the disruption that that so many so many cities had encountered as a result of all the protests, um, you know, Chief Carmen Best is is I think a casualty, and really, it's unfortunately a a loss for the city of Seattle. Um, to see their police chief, because I think that I think that hurts morale. I don't think yeah. that, irrespective of it, whether she had had been fired, um, the fact that she's resigning, like I just can't, I can't yeah. do it. Yeah, and she's she probably at done. that point where I can't hold my my tongue anymore. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. At some point, you're like, look, 
all professionalism is about to leave. Exactly. I'm, I'm about to just tell these people exactly who I believe yeah, exactly. they are. Um, but also the interesting thing is that, you know, uh, Chief Best is an African-American female. And everybody's very, you know, big on African-American females now that Kamala Harris is VP. Sure. So I just want I want people to think about this and we're going to play this video and come back and talk about it. But if, if black lives really matter, it's interesting that, you know, hers was of no account. Yeah. An extraordinary news conference. I'm done. Can't do it. Seattle Police Chief Carmen Best abruptly retires and simultaneously tees off on the city council. Well, it's ridiculous. Illegal, by the way, but also ridiculous. And so how else am I supposed to feel? There's a whole room full of department heads in here, and not one of them was named. Just me. So, yeah, I take it personal. Mm. So what she's talking about is that the city council conspired and got together to have a private meeting in which they wanted to discuss salaries, but not everyone's salaries. Not every department head was was brought up. Just just one. Wow. The, the lone black female. Um, That's crazy. And they originally. <laughs> that the, is just crazy. The, the talk was we're going to cut this salary by 40 percent. Can yeah, you imagine? It was like a, wasn't it like six figures? Yeah, uh, they were going to cut it by 40 yeah. percent. And they ended up just taking ten thousand dollars. But but even with that, in the midst of covid in the midst of protest, in the midst of chop and chaz, the fact that you would then come and, and swipe her across her face by getting together, you know, behind closed doors to make a decision in, in that way. And that's why she was saying it's, it's legal, because obviously we're going to make a motion like that. Yeah. We make it public and we allow the citizens of the, of the city to come and hear what it is that we're proposing to be done. We don't go behind closed doors and then just try to, you know, make it happen. So what you, what you see here, though, is a pattern of disrespect, not just for Chief Best, but for the police officers that serve with her, because it was not only her salary that was um, impacted, but it was also the salaries of some in her leadership. Mm. So it was interesting that the only department that got, that got you know, touched or, or bothered was the police department. And so the question is for Seattle, I mean, how, how much longer are we going to allow these nincompoops to sit there <laughs> and make these types of decisions? That are that are ruinous to your city, and then then you you add to that. Um, I think it was early August, maybe the first week of August. There were about forty cars that showed up in in Chief Best neighborhood. Yeah, uh, Antifa types who were all mic'd up and and radioed up, talking on you know organized, getting ready to cause some type of trouble. Um, so what public servant? wants to have to deal with something like that yeah. and wants to be harassed in that way. Oh, to be just tossed under the bus. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it just be really used as a sacrificial lamb to the uh, prevailing narrative of defund the cops and all of this other stuff that emerged during this time. And uh, kudos to her. I'm serious. Kudos to somebody who's willing to just stand up and, as she said in her, her news conference, can't do it. Can't do it. You I'm know? over it. Can't do I'm it. over it. I'm done with it. And... Uh, yeah. And, and walking away and not being this sacrificial lamb for people for a false narrative, yes. for something built on a lie, something that is not even statistically, empirically supported. And so we're running around dismantling things that have not even proven themselves to need dismantling. <laughs> when policing has been improving now for decades, mm -hmm. when it mm -hmm. comes to these uh, fatal shootings and, and deaths and custody and so forth and so on. And uh, you just... You sit back and you scratch your head, you know, and, and, and like I said, that's why I say kudos to her, because I, I keep looking at these things wondering when is somebody going to say enough's enough? When is somebody going to actually stand up and say, 
forget it. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with this whole charade. I'm not following with this anymore. I'm not going to be a part of the circus anymore. Right. I'm going to turn in my costume. I'm done. I'm finished. But, you know, people are, are just sort of riding the wave, right? And so, oh, like, yeah. you, like you said, the, the defund police mantra came out. And then people feel like, oh, now we're really going to do something. We're going to shock the world. We're going to go out here. We're actually going to do it. And we don't care about public safety yeah. at all. You know no. what I mean? As long as we feel safe. <laughs> I mean, the rest of you guys, I mean, who, who really cares what happens to you when you go home at night? Mm. And that's basically the message that they sent. But that, that's, happening, that's happening across the country. Um, and the conversation continues to be had because obviously people are on this progressive train to nowhere and feel as though these new experiments in, in public decency and public safety need to be had at everyone else's expense, right? Oh, yeah. While they sit back at their homes talking about defund police, yeah. you know, it's, it's not, they're not the ones that are having to live no. in those neighborhoods no. and deal with the crime and, and the degeneration that, that is surrounds, in some cases, um, these liberal uh, bastions of, of thought and policy. Um, and, and, and you look at all of the crimes since all of this has come to fore, you look at the rapid increase in homicide and in violent crimes in these places. Yes, sir. And you don't think, no different than in Chicago, just a few moments, uh, not too long ago, uh, where it really it was moments where a young man was shot by a police officer. Uh, they're still under investigation as to what was going on there. But these people come out and people are all over the place and the police, uh, you know, the police chief or the, 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 the gentleman who used to be in Dallas and now he's in Chicago, he's mm -hmm. trying to help them kind of clean that place up, up up there. He was talking about how these these criminals, these elements go out there because they felt as though there were not going to be any consequences to their actions. Sure. Now, that's an indictment. Mm -hmm. That's an indictment on the mayor there in Chicago. That's an indictment on the on the powers that be there in Chicago that these people elected you. And I promise you, the people that elected you, that put you in office, are not the people out there trying to burn something down. No. Those people don't vote. <laughs> Nine times out of ten, yeah. people running around burning things down and, and, and trying to, to riot and, and pillage and, and steal. And you're sitting here letting people be, uh, just be a prey mm -hmm. to a bunch of nonsense and sit back and do nothing and equivocate and make excuses and, and give eloquent little, little, little <laughs> reasons and get defensive if somebody calls you out on it. Mm -hmm. you know? And so for people like Miss Best, whom I tremendously respect for doing what she did, I pray that it, there are more like her because you have to call the lunacy on the carpet. Yes, you do. You have to call them on out and say, yes, okay, let, let's meet at high noon and see just how truly true to your convictions you really are. Mm -hmm. Because you're really not. You're just playing political games and theater with people's lives. Yes. With people's lives. And, you know, the thing about it is lunacy does not lead to, to, better, to better leadership. You know, all of these no. things that we're doing, trying to, to bend um, what we know is, human, is the human condition, which is pride and selfishness and the want to take something for, and get something for nothing. I mean, those things will not leave humanity just simply because you think that they should. No. Or because you feel like, well, if we give them their own little play area, you know, they'll play <laughs> nice. That's just yeah. not the reality. That's not the reality. But what does happen is that, you know, good people leave. Yeah. Because good people just, they cannot stomach the same, <laughs> the same type of idiocy that they continue to have to deal with on a, on a regular basis. It's like, I just, I got to go for my own sanity. 
and so that I don't become like y'all. Because what you're trying to do is pull me down too, and I'm not going, dang it. <laughs> That's true, though. I mean, you know, people are like, though. hey, I'm hanging on to that rung of sanity. I ain't going down there with That's y'all. That's very true, though. So. A, it reminds me of a, of a line uh, with Rambo. Rambo back in the day, you know, when Stallone, you know, that, that drawl he had. Mm-hmm. And he was in Rambo, First Blood, Part Two, and, and he was talking about war. And he was talking about, you gotta, in order to survive war, you got to become war. And really, it's a truth. Yeah. It, it really I is the truth. So. And that's why, like you said, people do. They bow out and they say, I got to go. Why? Because you start to feel as though in order to deal with this mess, I'm going to have to come I out of character. Yes, absolutely. I'm going to have to come out of my own personal civility. I'm going to have to start <laughs> dealing with stuff. Just that cutting I, people. Yeah, I don't, don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do, do that. But she did it a little bit in her press conference. She, she, she was like, since I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me just drop this <laughs> let off. Let me tell you what I feel. Sure. No, no but I, kudos to her. Really, absolutely, kudos to her for being, uh, for standing for up for herself and, and really calling the lunacy for what it was and not being their sacrificial lamb because this defund the police stuff is it's getting out of hand. That's it's ridiculous. Hand. It's it's ridiculous. And here's the deal: we're gonna kind of transition into talking more about policing just in a, in a general sense. But the idea that that people will feel better knowing that when they call nine one one, they're gonna dispatch the psychologist as opposed to the police, is complete. I mean, who, who are these people who get to write the fairy tales of human nature? I mean, seriously, who <laughs> gets to sit back and line. say... The fairy tales of human nature. I mean, they get that to say so just, you know, here, here's what's going to happen. Get to make up an idea of man. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're going to be in the house, and he's going to have that gun, and he's going to be telling you, get on the floor, be quiet, and he's going to call us, or you're going to call us, and he's going to want to try to exchange you for money, but this is what we're going to do. Mm. This is what we're going to do. We're going to call the best psychologist in town. <laughs> we're going to have him come down here, and he's not going to leave until he talks him out of it. Yeah. Who writes this? These, these are not movie scripts. These are people, people, people. Yeah. It reminds me of that Thomas Sowell line, abstract people in an abstract world. Yes. Because that is the way yes. a lot of liberals are. Absolutely. They do. They have this prefabrication in mind of how things should be be mm-hmm. how things ought to be mm-hmm. and they and it's okay to have an uh, uh, it's okay to have a dream about how things ought to be that's fine we all have that in some degree or another right but you don't make policy based on how things ought to be <laughs> you because you have to make it based upon how things are how mm-hmm. have human beings proven themselves to act and behave throughout millennia absolutely right absolutely we we, we do have a record here we're not pulling anything out of the sky Mm-mm. right no. we don't have to guess how people are going to act and how human beings tend to behave we've we've got the record mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's the problem with them but they can never come out of that yeah they're unwilling to it's the i mean look at these peaceful protests i mean these peaceful protests stuff is burning people Peaceful protesters. You're thinking <laughs> stuff is burning, but like, that, that news guy, that newscaster. I remember one guy. He's like, <laughs> I mean, for the most part, these, these protests have been pretty peaceful, and 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 stuff is burning. Yeah, while he's looking behind him himself, like, let me get up out of here. Nothing burns in peace. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm with you. I mean, did it catch you on fire because a toaster oven? What? Yeah, I mean, people come just on. An insurance come situation. On. <laughs> It is just absolute ridiculousness. Oh yeah, but you know this is this is what we're this is where we are in America, though. 
And this is why we're going to be held accountable. Because when things are just that blatantly oh, yeah. stupid, Definitely. that blatantly irrational and irresponsible, um, come on now. I mean, you know, you just can't sit back and act like I had no idea he was headed to that cliff. Yeah. I mean, I was just, we were cruising one mm. minute, listening to tunes on the radio. I thought everything was fine. Yeah. No, the bridge is out. The it's been out. out. Yeah, it has. Right? You've been on this track for a long time, America, and at some point. And there are signs telling you. Absolutely. That the bridge is out. Absolutely. Yeah. And you keep saying, no, I, no, this is a good, we're okay. We're headed in the right direction. No. Right? It's like the Abilene Paradox. Don't, yeah. Nobody really wants to nobody go. Nobody wants to go, but we're all But we're all there. just like, yeah, I mean, I guess <laughs> it's all right. It'll be fine. We're all headed there. But I want to play a clip from Tyler Perry, and he's talking about policing. And I thought it was interesting, one, because, you know, Tyler Perry is, is an African-American male, black male. Um, and then, two, because he's a celebrity. So he's, he's going off the beaten path a little bit. When, when, you know, there's a large movement within uh, protest movement of defunding police, Republicans are focusing on that as saying that, you know, the Democrats want to do away with police departments, which I don't think is what defund police means. But when you hear that slogan, what do you think? Well, when I first heard it, I, I was troubled by it. I thought, okay, this is this is going to be weaponized by in this political year. I, I completely thought that that was happening. That's exactly what's happened. It's been weaponized. But I did some research, and what I would challenge people to do is to re do research and find out what it means. Now, you got to understand this. I'm not for taking money for the police department. I think we need more police. My studio is in, in a neighborhood where I think we need police, but we don't need police that have uh, or that are undertrained. And you got to understand, I have really close friends who are police officers that I love dearly, who are really good people who have been very, very hurt by this as well. And here, here's what I want you to understand, Anderson. Wrong, where there's wrong, I'm going to stand up against it. When when, when uh, Rashad Brooks was murdered, I thought that was wrong. When George, George Floyd was murdered, I thought that was wrong like so many other people. But when a police officer who was white in, the, in a suburb in Atlanta was shot in the head by a shoplifter, I thought that was wrong too. And I reached out to do what I can to help his family. When Sicoria was uh, eight-year-old was shot near the Wendy's in her mother's back seat, I thought that was wrong too. So anywhere there's wrong, I'm going to stand up against it. I just don't believe that. And I believe that most, I don't believe that, that there are lots of people, let me just change that to understand that, there are a lot of people in America who feel the way that I do, right? I think we need the police. I, I know that I need the police. I have several that work for me here at the studio. We need them, but we need them reformed. We need them trained well. We need the right um, structure, right? But some of the things inside of Defund the Police, I really understand, like having officers who are clinically trained to deal with certain situations. I think all of those things are helpful. But mm -hmm. taking money from the police department um, to, to make the police department smaller, I, that troubles me. So interesting to hear that from him. But I think also very true what he said, that most of, of America probably, I'm sure, sure, goes home and says, look, you know, I get it. Are there bad actors? Sure. There are bad actors when I go to Walmart. I don't necessarily like how that cashier checked me out, but it happens. You know <laughs> what there. I mean? People, yeah. are, people are there. People and are there. so, and the same is, is, can be said about the police department. So we can't, we can't just broad stroke and, and you know, say, oh, it's, it's everyone and it's a systemic problem because it's not. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not. It's but, just not. But at the same time, there's an appreciation for the fact that they provide a level of, they, they provide a buffer between me and the reality of, of, of human capacity to harm, hurt, mm -hmm. steal, 
pillage. Yeah. And, and, and that's the reality. So, so we can't act as though if we get rid of the police, suddenly people, like I said, become saints. They become angels. Yeah. Because now that you don't have the police, you know, I, I really want to play nice. Yeah. That's just not the way it happens. No, that's not the way it happens. And and he talked about this whole defunding the police and looking it up and, and everything. And I was just kind of, you know, everybody says, well, you know, first we need to understand what they're saying. They're saying defund the police, but defunding the police does not mean defunding the police. You know, and so they go on to then say uh, it, it has a, it has a, a, mo- a more uh, sophisticated and nuanced meaning. Mm-hmm. Right. It is talking about the reallocation of funds, et cetera, et cetera, for uh, these more uh, clinical inter- interventions and interactions with perpetrators and so forth and maybe some other things. And and look, you and I have been on this podcast in the in the past. There's been so many of them that, you know, you'll I can't remember the exact one, but we've talked about policing before and we've talked about mm-hmm. what we felt like there are reforms needed. There are reforms needed, not defunding. And I don't even, and I say not even reallocation of money. Right. I mean, am I the only person that turns on my television and sometimes my news and I see crimes being committed by people who are carrying weapons that are not mom and pop, I bought a pistol off the shelf. No, they're not six shooters. Not going out there with little pea guns. Yeah, this isn't John Wayne's revolver. No, right? not at all. These people have semi-automatic weapons. They're committing crimes with 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 some of the most cutting edge, high velocity bullets and whatnot and what have you. This world is not; <laughs> it's just not what it used to be. Mm-hmm. So the people who are sent to protect and serve, yes, should be held to a higher level of accountability. Right. Yes, they should be held to a, a high level of of scrutiny in terms of evaluation, psychologically, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm all for that but they should also be given the ability by which to respond with overwhelming force. Absolutely. And I know people may think, oh, my God. No, no, you don't understand. I, I remember I remember watching, this was several years ago, and I think this has happened more than once, and, and, and I'll let you go on, but it just came back to mind, where two gentlemen had put on body armor to rob a bank and got into a firefight with the police. And I forget what particular city this was in. And policemen died that day, got killed, because these men were so suited. They had armor on their heads. They had armor on the body. They had high-caliber you know, uh, rifles and, and assault rifles and guns. They, they were loaded for bear. Mm-hmm. And they sit there, and they had evidently uh, you know, decided between the two of them that they were going to die on that hill that day, that this is what they were going to go out doing in a blaze of glory. And people don't understand with, with elements like that in society and with the reality that we are a gun culture. We just are. And it doesn't mean you should, you should uh, you know, take the Second Amendment from people, but at the same time, we are. We are a gun culture. We have guns. <laughs> there are guns, some of everywhere. Yeah. And because of that, you cannot have the people who are sent to protect and serve hampered in their ability to be able to defend innocent people right. and to be able to deal with these criminals because the people are out there. Now that's going to, th- that's one of those things where there is no, uh, there's really no solution. There's just trade off to it because it's the reality of what we have. 
It's the reality of where we live, and it's the reality of the fact that when a cop gets a call and he shows up on the scene, he has no clue. Everybody knows everything after the fact and is broadcast on the news and we've seen the story, but he has no clue. She has no clue what she or he is coming upon. Right. You know, and so we have to really think through these things and realize, I think reforms are needed. Reforms must be done. They, they have to be done. But this whole idea of defunding or reallocating funds and so forth and so on, I, I just think it's it's going down the wrong road. It it not just in oh well you're just misunderstanding the definition of defund. No, I'm not. It's just the wrong word. It's the wrong way. <laughs> I, that's just how just I feel wrong. about it. It's just wrong headed. It's wrong headed thinking. No reform. Yes, increasing evaluations, increasing accountability, body cams, all of the different things that we can do. Yes, but at the same time, this whole idea of defunding and so forth and so on, it, it is just, it's something played up by the very far, far radical left mm-hmm. that they tried to jump on and use George Floyd as a Trojan horse to ram this down America's throat if they possibly could. Yeah. But uh, I think the fruit and the repercussions of this, what we're seeing, now cops not being so proactive in their policing, cops somewhat withdrawing a little bit because the, the environment is so... The morale is so low or in some cities. Re- retiring at at oh, yeah. you know amazing rates that we you know haven't seen in yes, a long time. Absolutely, because the the environment's so toxic. I mean, it's there's no. It's not about just being pro cop. Mm. Uh, cops, I'm pretty sure cops aren't saying sing us a lullaby. I, no. I, I just think they're saying, look, guys, we do a job that for the most part, a good portion of the human population. Doesn't want to do. Don't want to do. They, do, they don't. Come on do now. It. Let's just be. Let's just be honest about it. Absolutely. They run toward things that the majority of us run from, and that is the life they lived. And in many cases, they get paid pennies for it. Absolutely. So I'm. I'm just. I'm off. I'm off the train with the whole defund thing. I don't think I need to understand it. <laughs> I don't think it needs to be redefined. <laughs> I don't think I need to investigate it. I think we need to change the language and let's and let's. Speak with some common sense and some decency about really the reality of the world we live in. Yeah, I think, you know, the sad thing about it is that people don't realize the the far reaching effects that that come as a result of 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 such just mass propaganda. Oh, yeah, because this is what this has been. And ultimately, you have people who are probably in the academy right now that haven't even graduated and are thinking, maybe I made a bad decision. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not too late for me to just, you know, go a different way. But ultimately, you you poison the entire pool. And nobody wants to nobody wants to go in because everybody feels like, well, if I do, then I have to worry about people calling me pig or, or people being disrespectful or going into Starbucks just trying to get a coffee. And next thing yeah. I know, you know, there's all kind of drama. And I don't even know these people. I don't even know those cops that did that the other night. I'm just simply yeah. trying to serve the community that I'm in. So I, I, you know, I just I have a real concern for the country when we're so quick to just grab a hold of things because we're we're not Absolutely. talking about it this podcast. But even the George Floyd situation, there is more to the story. There's always more to the story. Always, you know, it's more. It's just like Rodney King. There was more to that story, and they let the the city of Los Angeles burn. Yes, they do. Burn off of off of just a, a half truth. Yeah. So we have to be at, at some point we have to take back the 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 reins of, of these political four winds that try to push us one way and push us the other way and say, No, I think I'm just gonna wait until I hear the whole matter. Yeah. How about that? Before we jump and say, you know, people are killing folks and 
now, and I will say this, did he have to lean on his neck like that? No, he did not. He did not. But the reality is that we didn't know what had happened to lead up to that. We had no context. We had, there, there was no context. No. And I'm not saying that context would have changed the outcome or that con- well, would have changed your, your opinion of what the officer had done. But what I am saying is that we have to be able to judge the fullness of a matter and not just simply jump to conclusions. Because what we've unleashed on the country is a bunch of Antifa-type thugs and, and terrorists mm-hmm. who are tearing up people's homes and businesses. Oh, yeah. And, and no one can seem to, no one seems to, to think that that's worthy of really talking about in the sense that those who are in power in those cities don't really want to talk about that. They want to talk about, well, you know, we understand why people are upset. No, I want you to talk about the destruction that's happening in your own backyard. Yeah. Don't sit there and try to tell me, you know, why I should sympathize with the person who's throwing the bricks through the window. Yeah. Explain to me why it is that you feel okay to allow that kind of chaos to come to your city and just park. Yeah. And explain to me what innocent people have to do with that. No, exactly. What does anybody have to do with that? Nothing. Nothing. I mean, what nothing. do the people in any of these cities who are going about their lives have to do with what happens in an isolated incident somewhere via USA? They have nothing, nothing. to do with that. Mm-hmm. The businesses that have been lost, the lives that have been lost, the money that has been lost, the livelihood that has been lost by people who had nothing in the world to do with anything, mm-hmm. right? And we're sitting back making justifications. <laughs> and it's like, is there nothing any more worthy of condemnation outside of being conservative? <laughs> is, is, there, is there anything... I mean, seriously, is there anything no longer worthy of absolute, unequivocating condemnation? That's wrong. Let's stop it. Put an end to it. Because everybody's walking around like they're scared to say stuff is wrong. Like, you know, and it's like at some point we have to make a stand and push back. Because if we don't push back... These these radical elements are going to just keep pushing themselves. That's, that's exactly and, you know, right. And they, they know no other thing than a force that returns push, right? They, 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 you, you can't negotiate with an idiot. Yeah, no, you can't. And, that, and, and I don't mean you that can. to be rude. That's just the truth. You cannot negotiate with fools. People say, man, you know, uh, you know people just... You know, it seems like people just aren't in their right mind, and, and they aren't. There are people that are not in their right mind. There are people in this world who are off, <laughs> and nobody wants to say that. But it's like, what what has history taught us? Have we been living in a bubble? Have we been floating yeah. through time? And amazing with the, the age that we're in where people are, are now wanting to focus on mental health. And you're sitting there watching mental yes. health cases on television Come and nobody on. sees it. So you're like, am I the only one? Is that not a mental health <laughs> case like for Dwight. somebody to be throwing a brick through an innocent person's business? That's mental That's problems. That's mental problems. So Thank wrong you. with you? It's all over your television screen. And people you're are not like, to oh, be oh. supported for that. You're not to be understood for understood. No. Are you kidding me? And it's like we are, we are sitting back and we are just swallowing some of the most poisonous psychology <laughs> and pseudoscience and pseudopsychology and, and psychobabble well, it's to put of, up with this stuff. It's like the, um, the Alexander Hamilton quote, and I'm going to try to remember it, but he said that a, a nation that prefers disgrace 
mm. over danger is prepared for a master and will have one. Mm. And, and that's what we're cr- creating, right? That we, we prefer, we would prefer disgrace. We would prefer just watching them let stuff burn, burn, baby, burn, throw bricks and everything else over than, over than assuming the danger of having to say no. Yeah. Right? The danger is I'm going to confront your lunacy today, yeah. right now. <laughs> I'm not going to let it. this get any further than what you've assembled right here. We're not pulling down statues. We're not breaking into people's businesses and looting. No, I'm going to put a stand right now. But without doing that, you, you are, you're ripe for someone to come in and master you. Yes. Because you don't have any moral for, forbearance to even hold your ground. That's right. And hold a line, hold the standard. And so, again... It's very simple, America. Very simple. We're, we have, we have a, a huge choice to make, and we're getting ready to play some videos of, of you know, the, the newly announced Jeez. Democratic <laughs> VP candidate. And, and we need to talk you about these warm. things. I, Keep I, going. I, I know. <laughs> um, we have to talk about these oh, things man. because they are a threat, not to the democracy. I get tired of that word. They are a threat to this republic. Yeah. And and you can't find and won't find another America. So while everybody wants to go experiment, I'm like, you can go experiment anywhere else. And in fact, I will seed you California. Is there anybody with me who I will mean, seed them California and say, <laughs> go and have a great time? They're we already be- experimenting in California. No, I'm might serious. As well but that's what I'm saying. Let's build a wall. It'll be a beautiful wall. It'll go all the way around <laughs> the state of California. And we can allow those. Not the wall. Man. We can allow those who want to play in the sandbox. Yeah. Of, of, of human <laughs> conceptual ideas and, and indulgence. And absolutely. Yeah. Then go, go, go right ahead. You can have all of the abstract ideas played out you want. You can do whatever you want with the money and the budget. Absolutely. You can do whatever you want with the taxation. Absolutely. You can do whatever you want with the real estate. You can do whatever you want with the food pricing. And you can have just fun. do whatever you want. Just go have fun. Go. It's your it. sandbox. Here's here's a little startup money for you. Just just don't ask us for anything else. Yeah, it's a one-time deal. Yeah, one-time you offer. You go and do it. And since you think your ideas are better, it's all on you. Mm-hmm. You know, and just let them have it. And we can just watch from drone footage. Be <laughs> 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 like, look at those idiots. <laughs> I should but, stop using but, that word, but, but sometimes uh, I'm just like, look, idiot. Sometimes it applies. <laughs> Once again, that is what is wrong with us in this PC culture. Sometimes words apply that are not nice because the people aren't nice. There's such there's a such thing as evil, mm-hmm. right? There's a such thing as calculating, evil, wrong, premeditated wrong, evil, premeditated uh, desire to do something, uh, you know, offheaded. Yeah, it's just the truth. It is just the truth, and I don't know why we're sitting around here acting like it isn't so, especially. For Christian people who believe in the personification of evil, also known as the devil, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, yeah. I, I just give. I we I have a hard time I, defining it, don't we? We're like, oh, it's uh, not. I mean, you know, they didn't really oh, mean help it. Help me, help me. We it's better, we better, we better play this this clip. I believe this is <laughs> this this is newly. Uh, um, what is the proper word for her? Kamala Harris? Mm-hmm. She is she has now been uh, nominated, or or she's been chosen as by Joe Biden to be vice president if he wins um, the election in, in November. And uh, she's talking about policing. I believe this is Megan McCain who's yes. talking to her about view. policing, and she's going to give you some of her views. I just want to know from you, do you support defunding and removing police from American communities? And if not, 
why do you think there's such a, a hard time being differentiated right now between defunding and reforming police departments? So, Megan, I think that a big part of this conversation really is about reimagining how we do public safety in America, which I support, which is this. We have confused the, the idea that to achieve safety, you put more cops on the street. Instead of understanding to achieve safe and healthy communities, you put more resources into the public education system of those communities, into affordable housing, into home ownership, into access to capital for small businesses, access to health care regardless of, of how much money people have. That's how you achieve safe and healthy communities. And so we really do need to understand and reimagine what and how we can actually make and help make communities safe. Because here's the bottom line. Um, if you contrast, you know, many communities which are have a heavy presence of police to middle and upper middle class suburbs in America, you will not see that presence of police. But what you will see, you will see families who have an income that allows them to get through the end of the month. You will see good public schools. You will see people who have access to health care and can afford it. You will see people who have jobs. And so this has to be the conversation, which is how are we going to be smart in achieving what should be our collective goal, which is that all communities are safe and knowing that safe communities are usually safe because they are healthy, healthy because of a number of things, including the economy, including education, including access to health care. And, and that's how I think about this. You know, in, in many cities in America, over one third of their city budget goes to police. So we have to have this conversation. What are we doing? Should, yeah, wh what about the you. money going to, to social services? What about the money going to helping people with job training? What about helping with, with the mental health issues that communities are being plagued with for which we're putting no resources? Um, and most okay, I'm going to let you go first. What? I'm going to let you go first because um, <laughs> I, I just, you know, she's a, a lady. I respect her. And, uh, and I'll, it's just you know, the way I was raised and the way I've taught. So I'm, I'm going to be respectful and allow you to respond to her. Even though I have some thoughts, huh. I do have thoughts. <laughs> but I want you to go first. Well, no, I was just going to say, you you know, you lost me at reimagine. I don't think you have to reimagine anything about, about human behavior. I think we know the propensity of people. I think we know what works. I think the issues of reform on their face um, are probably not necessarily major overhaul corrections as much as they are the moral degeneracy that we as a nation have begun to stomach and, and applaud and make commonplace. I think that the people who man the police department are the same people who you go to school with, who you hang out with, they're the same, I mean, we're in a, we're in a culture where morality is shamed, right? Anybody who wants to be somewhat you know, kind of a prude about some things, but wants to have a certain level of shame about what is bad behavior, wants to have a certain amount of um, gratitude for where they are and, and what they have. You know, all of those things are like, you know, I mean, it's so old. It's so, that's so just back there. But the people who you have in leadership are, are a product of whatever culture that they have lived in and, and imbibed. And so I just don't know that that reforms, I mean, reforms sound great, but in, in what way? Unless you're going to, I think you have to pay people what they're worth. 
I, I think you have to pay people also according to the the risk that's involved in what they do. Sure. Um, so I don't think forty thousand dollars a year is a year is enough for me to be running into a you know burning building or running towards shots fired. That's just me, though. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? You mean that's uh, not why you wanted to be for, a cop? For those who are doing it, God bless you. But that's no. just for me. I, I, I don't know. That, that I would have to really, I'd have to that be led. I'd have to be led of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like but, being a school teacher. Uh, oh, absolutely. So I, I think that overall, there's definitely, you know, you can, you can reimagine a lot of things. Like I said, there's, there's lots of ways to come up with solutions. We can do that all day. We can just throw stuff at the wall and see if it sticks. Yeah. But what we really have to think about is what has worked? What is working? Have we tried that yet? I don't understand why we have to reimagine things. Just what is working? And if those things are working, have we implemented them? If we haven't, then let's start there. Yeah, I guess my only thing is um, that I'll add to it is I, in listening to her, I never heard, it's almost like she kind of starts everything in the middle as though there's a predestined amount of of health in a community or money or it's like why are those communities safe and why are she said she said something about if you take for example communities that have lots of police in them why are they there i mean do police just decide to go to a place and congregate why are they there? Why? Because crime is there. Because harm. Because there's an opportunity for for harm. Exactly. There. There's the exactly. For and that's it. what I mean. We you <clears throat> sometimes get this explanation where people aren't. They're talking about something that I don't know how to. It's like it's like starting a book in the middle. They they don't go to the. They don't start with chapter one. Mm-hmm. They they start in the middle of the book and keep reading and expect for you to kind of just yeah just the, just listen to what I'm reading you. Yeah. Right. And uh, at the end of the day, no, there's a why behind it. And it's not because it's just more money. I mean, you take, for example, you've you've had some cities like D.C. at one point in their school system. They had some of the highest expenditures per capita in the country Mm -hmm. and still had abysmal test scores, terrible behavior. The kids were not learning. Right. And so money doesn't mean it. One of the easiest things in the world to appear as though. You are doing something about something when you ain't doing nothing, nothing about nothing. Just to throw money at it. <laughs> That's so true. That is one of the That's easiest so things in the world to do. Yeah. And and it works sometimes with political speak, mm-hmm. right? It works sometimes for the American public even sometimes. But it doesn't mean anything, right? And so, no, there is an element, there's a human element that in some of these places requires the things we're seeing. And ghettos do not make criminals. No. Criminals make ghettos. Mm-hmm. Now, look, yes, I'm, I'm willing to make take the unpopular stand. People need to stop just sugarcoating around stuff. Most of the people living in the hood are not criminal people. Right. There are people who, for whatever reason, cannot afford to live anywhere better, and they're having to make it happen where they are. They're not criminals. They're not thugs. But there are a handful of people who run around there and terrorize that place and make it terrible for people to live, so much so that many times those good people have to resort to doing things they don't want to do to just make it in these places. Absolutely. You see what I mean? And so, Absolutely. And so if we're not serious about really calling things what they are, then what are we doing? And that's why, you know, for her, God bless her, I'm happy for her uh, being the VP and the running mate. But at the same time, you're going to have to speak clear to me. Mm-hmm. Don't start your story in the middle because I hear you. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't used to be able to hear that stuff, but now I hear you. You're starting in chapter six when there's been five previous chapters. I need you to back up and I need you to, to, to speak with some coherence about this issue because this is serious business. People's lives are at stake in these places and we need to stop making up mythology mm-hmm. about the realities of what's going on in these neighborhoods that are high crime, high drugs, low, low employment, and, and they're serious. These, th- these things are serious. And if you care anything about the people who live in these neighborhoods, then you care enough to tell the truth. That's right. Right? That's right. That's just the way I feel about it. So we're going to move on, and we're going to go to now Joe Biden and hear what he has to say about oh, Joe. defund the police. You know you called him by his whole name in the last podcast. Joseph R. <laughs> Biden. Junior, I, I, I tell look you. him up. You're something. <laughs> Do you think that there would be a world where defunding the police would be the solution and getting getting some of these responsibilities away from police forces? You know, police in schools, police handling mental illness, police handling homelessness, etc. Well, I think there are a lot of changes they can take place. Period, without having to defund police completely. Here's what I think's happened: You have well over 80 percent of the American people going, "Whoa." I didn't know this. I didn't know this was happening. I don't believe peace should be defunded, but I think the conditions should be placed upon them where departments are having to take significant reforms relating to that. We should set up a national use of force standard. If they don't sign on to it, then in fact, they don't get any of the federal money. In addition, that they have to demonstrate that they release all the data that relates to misconduct by police. That all has to be sent to the Justice Department. If they don't send it to the Justice Department nationally, they don't get funding. But and as, it, as it relates to, for example, um, mental illness and homelessness and drug abuse and the like, many changes we can make. But the, I, for example, my daughter is a social worker. She has her master's in social work. The idea that she's going to respond by herself to a 911 call that says that someone is overdosing or someone has a mental problem and they're acting out, the idea of going by themselves is not rational to expect. Conversely, the cops shouldn't go alone. The shot, cops should go with with people who are mental health experts. Yeah. So, you know, here here's my... But Joe kind of gets it. Well, here's my thing. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to get No, it's not that. I don't have anything personal against the man. I really don't. <laughs> oh, I really man. don't. But, I, you know, anytime I hear about national, national this national that i get concerned it's kind of the same thing that they wanted you know kind of pin donald trump in a corner and say he should do something about this it's like y'all got all them echelons of leadership between me and and your mayor and you want me to come down there and fix your problem well i'm not gonna do that because you want me to fix your problem you want me to take your blame too yeah and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do that i'm I'm, I'm just not gonna you know that's just an okie doke so, but but this national use of force standard, and here's my thing. I, I think we need to have a national use of policy standard that says if you write bad policy, I mean, what happens to you? Mm. Yeah. Right? I mean, since you want to come down here Serious on this level, yeah. you want to come down here on this level and you want to tell police how to police, I think that we should have a national use of policy standard because I'm so tired of bad policies getting enacted and the American people having to bear the brunt of it. Meanwhile, you're in Congress hanging out, chilling. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Going to the next meeting, the next presser, yeah. flying first class. Oh, yeah. Just saying. That, I mean, that's the, that's the dark art of politics. Isn't right? it? That's the, that's the magicianship of politics, how to, to maneuver yourself in a position to receive credit, 
but not blame. Absolutely. <laughs> that, that's Absolutely. What they, that's and no, what no scrutiny whatsoever. Same oh, yeah. thing. So, so you want any incident, any issue, you want that thing to be routed up to the Justice Department. Mm. Question, I want to know what y'all doing. Because I know, I know, I just know, I just have a feeling that, that Drain the Swamp wasn't just sort of this fanciful idea. I think there's probably a lot of stuff going on in Congress that if we knew the half, oh we'd be like, oh, my goodness. We'd be storming. The, so the all, all I'm saying is that while Mr. Biden sounds like, oh, he's pretty rational about it. Yeah, yeah but yeah. yeah, but I want the federal government to stay in a very defined lane. I just wanted to poke you. <laughs> so. Just saying. <laughs> stay no, in your lane. <laughs> no, no, but once again, people are having these conversations once again. Uh, even the young man who is who's interviewing her, the, the comedian who has his own show. What, what is this, the gentleman's name? Trevor Noah. Trevor. Trevor Noah. Even he says, you know, talking about police and being in schools and, and dealing with all these different things. And I'm like, once again, um, okay, why are police at schools? <laughs> I don't know. I think they just want to hang out, say, hey, keep your grades up. I mean, you Do know, well. I, I'm, I'm sorry, but I can think of what California, Florida, Kentucky, Colorado, Arkansas, um, there's a few other states in there who have had nationwide national news school shootings. Um, I can think of drug-infested inner-city schools that are dealing with uh, gang all kinds violence. of gang violence, you know, and, yeah, and the whole nine. the whole nine, right? We don't have to go into all of that. Um, so once again, we're, we're, we're like I said, we, we, we keep talking about this without talking about it. Hmm. Right. And, and, and once again, it owes, we, how, how can I say this? We owe it to these issues to be honest. If we're not going to tell the truth and talk about these things for real, then get off of television. Yeah. Just, just, just leave it alone because at the end of the day, now I may be expecting too much of them. Maybe they don't, they don't intend to talk about these things. Probably <laughs> like, not. like I tried to give Joe a little credit just a minute ago, and just to poke you, and maybe I need to stop that because maybe I'm thinking too much of these people. <sighs> maybe it's just me. I'm the incurable optimist. But we, we owe it to the American people these issues of our times. We owe them honesty. We owe them talking about them point blank and matter of fact, right? And what we're dealing with in our culture and in our society from the propaganda all the way down to the things that we're doing uh, from, from a policy perspective. And, and yeah, and, and here's the deal. Big government cannot and is not supposed to be involved in all of these matters. No. Just point blank, period. Never. And at some point, we're going to have to be honest about the conversations that we have a responsibility at the local level to stop putting in idiots simply because we don't want to be bothered. You said that word again. Sorry. <laughs> but we deal with a lot of idiots, man. <laughs> That's like Dwight. You just be like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, but anyway, I want to leave this podcast with, with a Milton Friedman quote because oh, I feel like do. this quote is um, we should tell this after every podcast. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because this is this is an election year and people need to be reminded that this is what we need to be thinking about. He said, I do not believe the solution to our problem is to elect the right people. Right. So we can get over that. It's not about finding the right. There's person. a revelation. <gasps> you mm. can't find the right person. The important thing is to establish a political climate of opinion, which will make it politically profitable for the wrong people to do the right thing. Right. Because at the end of the day, they put their finger up. 
and they figure out oh, yeah. which way the wind is blowing. Which way is it blowing? Right? Because they want four more years or six oh, more yeah. years or whatever it is, Can't right? Can't leave that cushy life. No way. So unless it's politically profitable for the wrong people to do the right thing, the right people won't do the right thing either, right? Or if mm -hmm. they do, they'll be shortly out of office. Wow. So the people who do try to stand up, the people who do try to say, look, no, we, this is not right, are the people everybody's like, oh, you're about to get out of there. You, know, you, get, <laughs> you get four years and you're gone. Yeah. But yet you got people out there you know, doing all kind of crazy stuff like Rashida Tlaib and what's the oh other gosh, girl's name? Don't I even start. Into, that would be know, a whole other podcast saying. and we wouldn't be able to lend the plane. Ethics matter, people. Ethics matter. Absolutely, they do. Well, this concludes another podcast of Culture and Convictions. We are asking you to please like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're watching this on YouTube, you're watching on Culture and Convictions TV. So click the subscribe button in the bottom corner so that you can receive notifications on more of these podcasts as they become available. Look, we're just getting started and just getting warmed up. We trying to save a country, y'all. Seriously, point blank and period. We would love to hear from you. Leave your comments, your critiques, whatever, your questions. And we may even answer those questions here on the podcast for you. So we look forward to hearing from you. And so until next time, God bless.